0: Good morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to this. I'm Jason from Cornerstone Dog Training and CornerstonePuppy.com. And I wanted to come to you today with a, a, a question I got. Um, and I love the, the way this was put and the way it was framed. And I just wanted to jump into this and help out any way I can um, with this question. So I got this question from a podcast listener. She sent us an email saying, I got a blue healer puppy. I love blue healers. They're a lot of work as a trainer. We, we love blue healers because they're so smart. But a dog being smart can be a blessing and a curse depending on um, your ability, depending on your training. And you'll see that here in the question. And I love, I love the way she put this. So she says, I just adopted a blue healer. I was aware of his smarts before I got him. Um, he's about 10 weeks old. I have had him a week now. He's a great little guy and has a great recall. He doesn't wander far when I do call him, and when I do call him back with a come command, he sits patiently in front of me or my partner in anticipation of a treat. Yesterday on our walk, I began to notice him staying back about ten feet, sitting and looking at me until I recall him. He caught on to the if she calls, if she calls, I get a reward kind of thing. Um, He is training me now, it sounds like. That's what she says. I'm concerned how quick he has caught on to outsmarting me. Can rewarding backfire in this sense? And where do I go from here? I hope I'm making myself clear. So what a great question and a great real life situation. So thank you, um, Kelly, for sending that in. And I, I think this is a question that I wanted to make a podcast of because I think this is a really good Thing to point out, and I will mention that she is a podcast listener, and she just said, "I can't find anything." So she's already been trying to find um, that information. And I don't know if I've ever really talked about this at least succinctly like this. So this is a good thing to address. A lot of us get, you know, you get these herding dogs, um, working dogs, and a lot of times they they're really smart. And like I say, being smart can be a blessing and a curse because when a dog is smart the the fun part about that is if you have it's kind of like water going down a ditch right if you've cleared that ditch and you know exactly like i've got this much water coming and it's going to be a lot of water and you're looking you know looking forward knowing there's just all this water is going to come down this ditch in the summer you might be like oh there's not that much water so when they're young for example it might be like oh it's not that much water um or you know even in like the winter months it's kind of i'm using a big analogy here that i'm just making up as i go but the the winter months like the ditch is kind of dry i mean there's moisture in it but it's kind of dry and so they're learning stuff but then as they get rolling and they start to hit those puppy stages at about eight to ten weeks like you're talking about the water starts to flow and it's it's springtime okay this dog is gonna is gonna start coming fast and if that ditch is too shallow or it's not cleared out, then that dog, will, it, the water will start to spread. And, and just like that with our dog, excuse me, with our dogs, if we don't have a direction for that to go and we're not kind of planning on this and prepping for it, then that we can run into issues and it starts to be like, oh, no, they're training us now. And a dog like that, because they're so smart, will start to say, huh, I wasn't given any feedback. Um, I'll make up my own rule. And so we actually see, as dogs get older, we see a lot of aggressive healers. I mean, they haven't bred for lots of years to bite first and ask questions later. So we see a lot of aggressive healers or herding dogs um, that uh, people are trying to make work, but they're not really communicating in a way the dog understands or at the level the dog needs. So the, the steps here and how I would work with this situation is, first of all, I would celebrate that I have a dog that's willing to offer up obedience. That's awesome, okay? You definitely want to play that game. And uh, in fact, a lot of the training when we're with puppies, we're using rewards. And that's exactly what this is, can, can rewarding backfire. Um, rewards are great. Rewards are great. And especially for puppies, when you're teaching a dog to do things and you're teaching them to sit and to come and to down And to do all those functional things that will ultimately be functional, not so functional as a puppy, but they'll ultimately be functional, then rewards is the main way to go. However, when you have a smart smart dog that is offering up obedience, which again, we love, I would prefer that, you also want to add... A negative marker in this situation. Let me teach you the, the opposite here. So, in, when I was in college, we played this game. I, I took a, I took a class in college. I didn't know it was an animal training class. It was called Principles of Learning, and I thought, oh, it's all about how people learn. It was we actually trained chickens and um, rats in that class, and it was that was part of our grade was to to do behavioral training with those those animals it was a really great learning opportunity for me as a college student but one of the things that is is fun to try and you can try this if you ever want to try you know have fun with your kids or something like that Um, sometimes I do this with I'm a teacher as well and I do this with my students just to teach this principle but try doing the the marker game so if you're training a dog to do something, you start to mark a behavior. Let's say you want a dog to sit. As soon as their cute little bum hits the ground, you're going to mark that. If you have a clicker, you can click that clicker. Or if you don't have a clicker, you can even just mark it with a word. And I usually just on the fly say the word yes. Um, Clicker is technically a little better, but that doesn't really matter here. I I just don't usually have one in my hand because I don't walk around with them. I'm dog trainer and I I still don't walk around with a clicker great tool though so the dog the little bum hits the ground I'm going to say yes and then I'm going to wait a second and I'm going to give the food most people mess that up because they think that I've got to get that reward to them as soon as possible no you need the marker to hit the right point the yes needs to be right at the right moment and the food reward comes when it comes I mean, probably within 20 seconds would be good. But don't feel like it has to happen simultaneously. That is a falsehood. And you see that all over the place, especially on the internet. But the marker needs to happen. And if I say yes, the food is coming. Okay? I, it's not like I'm going to say yes and then not reward. But if it's two seconds, three seconds, five seconds behind, it's fine. The dog's going to get it, especially a smart dog. Okay? They're going to get it. And it, there's not any value... In fact, usually it's more mis- miscommunication because your body language is saying one thing while your words are saying another, so they don't listen to your words. They're just watching your body language. So separate them, make it simple, and mark that behavior. So this is the game. The game is that I have somebody, I'll have somebody, i have somebody be the dog, and they'll step out for a while, and we'll decide as a, a class, as a group, um, what we want the dog to do. Something simple like um, stand up on a desk. And then the dog's going to come in and I'll tell him, all right, you're the dog. This is your owner. And this is, you know, your handler and your handler is going to help you do a trick that we've predetermined. You've got to figure out what that is. You've got to move and figure out what that is. And I tell, but before the person comes in, I tell the handler, all they can say is the word yes. All they can do is mark positive behavior. Okay. And so the, the person starts moving and they're like touching stuff. They're like, what am I doing? And whenever it's basically a game of hot and cold, ultimately, when you start to figure it out and they start going the right direction, the person says, yes, yes, yeah, you know, and they're, they're doing that um, until the person gets close, but they're just trying to figure it out. And if you talk to that person, they'll be like, I was so confused. I didn't know what you wanted. And it just proves the point of the value of a negative marker. I mean, we love to say yes to things and we love to be positive and encourage things, but sometimes it's really valuable to hear no. I, I mean, think of all the time you can save if you don't have to search out and figure everything out. But somebody just came along and said, that Avenue is not worth your time. Don't, don't look down there. Just go this way. And so, you know, they say, no, don't, don't do that. Don't take that path. It won't be worth it to you. So, Building in a negative marker, even with a a 10-week-old puppy, is awesome. In fact, it's one of the first things I would do as we start training. So, for example, a negative marker, let's say say that a dog is, you're you're teaching a sit, okay? And (laughs) I always know when a dog's been taught um, the paw command or the shake command because it is the easiest thing in the world for a dog to do. I never start, I don't ever teach that until later with a dog if I want to, because it's so easy that of course the dog's going to try that first, right? They're going to, they're like, what works? And dogs always do what works. That's another principle here. So if it works to sit and wait, and then you call me and I get a treat, then I'm going to do it because that's what I want. Now your dog won't do that forever because sooner or later they're going to decide, you know what? This treat, I can get what I want later. I don't think I really need to work for this. I'll just take the easier way. But to go back to the example, if a dog's sitting, you know, you're trying to get a dog to do a sit or to hold still to get that food after they do a sit, then they start pawing. As I lean forward at the food and they stick their paw out, I'm going to lean back or pull the food back away. And so what I'm actually doing, even with my body language is, is I'm saying, no, that's wrong. Like the food is not coming closer to you. I'm pulling it away and maybe stepping away. Um, and so the dog's like, that doesn't work. So I'm going to discourage that behavior by removing the reward. So the nice thing about a reward is you can also remove it. So it sounds kind of crazy, but because we always just think we start with a reward, but really we start with adding a reward. And then as you add rewards, you actually have this other option that you can remove rewards. Now, in any kind of, the, the goal is behavior here. So I want this dog to do something or not do something. If I want a dog to do something, I add a reward. If I want a dog to not do something, Take away a reward. Okay. So in other words, and and, and if you want to use the technical terms, I'm going to give a reward and taking something away would be negative. Okay. That's how the negative positive actually works. It's not like it's happy or nice or kind. Positive means I add to the situation. Negative means I take away. Okay. Reward means that that behavior increases. Punishment means it decreases. And I know punishment's like a scary word for a lot of people, but it doesn't need to be. It's not meant to be scary in this sense. We're not talking about abuse or anything like that. It just means the behavior goes down. Okay, so there's there's different ways to teach this. So your dog knows this. They're just trying to figure out what works. And so your little puppy is like, okay, what if I do this? Will this work? What if I do this? Will this work? So I'm going to discourage... I'm going to use a a marker. Okay. I'm going to say no or wrong. And I'm going to teach that soon where the food goes away. And so the dog's like, oh, that did not work. I will try something else. And then I'll, I'll move on. So if I was doing the come come command, I'd have your puppy on a long line in this situation. And if the puppy stops and is like, okay, I'm waiting for you to to give me, you know, to say come, then I would just be like, no. And I just walk and I'd keep pulling on the leash kind of popping the leash in my direction and keep moving so people's like huh that didn't work okay moving on the other really awesome thing you can do is start to teach a release word so i'm sorry there's there's going to be a ton of things here because there's so many little things to do here when a when a dog is really offering this up that are, are depending on the dog but start teaching a release command so instead of like from the sit when a dog does a sit You can, of course, go into another command like a come command. But you could just say, okay, and that would then be a reward as well. That's a command. Like it's a release, stop doing what you're doing and come to me. Okay, that's a release command. Or stop doing what you're doing and do whatever you want. It's a release command. And so when you start adding that book into your training, it starts to give your dog the boundaries of the game. And it's really, really good to play the game. I mean, you've got a puppy that's willing to do it. So play that game and start to teach them, you know, to you do a sit. That's great. And you can reward that eye contact. Yes. Mark it, reward it. Um, you could do it down. Yes. Mark it, reward it. Uh, eye contact again. Yes. Mark it, reward it. Uh, the puppy hops up and you'd be like, Oh no, sit, sit, put them back in that sit, help them with a leash if you need to don't reward it but you can say good that's usually what i say when i'm like i'm not going to reward but I keep going good good you're getting warmer and then when they look at me one time i'm going to say okay instead of yes and i'm going to create that word as a release i like to make the okay with eye contact okay it, it, it a lot of people say i don't want to use okay because that's a common word so they use break or something like that that's fine too you can say whatever you want but I use the word okay with focus, with eye contact. So they look up in your eyes and you say, okay. And then you back up. Okay, step by step. You say, okay. Then you back up as you kind of lure them with food and hand them the food. And that's a reward. Now, the question really here with this, um, in this email is, I'm concerned how quick he's caught on to outsmarting me. Can a rewarding backfire in this sense? Um, y- yes and no. I mean, take it while you, you have it and use it but don't be afraid to say no all right and then the next process and you're probably not there yet you're probably looking at more like 14 18 weeks where what i'm going to do is i'm going to reward 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 we're going to do 100 reps of everything at this stage with puppy and then but don't be afraid to say no or wrong and turn and walk away take the food back kind of thing and the quicker you can define that line, the better for your puppy. But then I'm going to start not rewarding one for one. So, you know, maybe they do a sit and I reward and a folk they, they look at me, eye contact, and I mark it and reward. And at first, I'm going to reward everything one for one. But as your dog grows up and gets smarter, I might start combining things. And I want a dog to work and do two things for one reward or four things for one reward. So I might do a sit, eye contact. And I'll be like, good, down. Yes, there's the reward. And then I, I mark it. The, the, so in other words, it's more than one thing. And the the fun, the fun thing with a puppy that smart is they'll start just rifling through things. They'll be like this and this. And you just wait, 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 and then you mark. And you can, you can have a lot of fun with it. And you'll hone that as they get older and start to proof the commands and make them more functional. But, uh, you don't have to reward one for one if your dog's willing to give you more for less go for it like that's one of the great laws of rewards is that you want you don't want if if, uh, if <laughs> uh, let's use an example here let's say um it, well if the principle is that if a dog wants to work for you know one piece of kibble and do four things then absolutely but as soon as you move up in the reward scale, like let's say, you know what, I'm going to give you a piece of chicken for doing that, it's really hard to go back down, all right? But you could say you have to do two things for a piece of chicken or four things, and, and then that starts to level the playing field again. I heard once in, my, in that class I took in college, I think they said that a lot of times when they train elephants, elephants love peanuts so much, sometimes the reward would be a half a peanut. Now for an elephant, that means basically nothing like a half a peanut they I mean they probably spent more energy taking a few steps than that peanut will give them, but because they want it, that's the, that's a valuable reward and they're if they're willing to work for that, then great. Um, when we train little baby chickens um, when they got full, guess what? they didn't work anymore. The the motive wasn't, oh, I want to do this trick and learn this thing. It was, I want the food. And when I'm full, I don't care anymore about what you want me to do. Now, dogs are a uh, a little more fun that way because they're kind of, they kind of cross that line of just, you know, yeah, food reward, food reward. But ultimately, we want it to be a relationship thing. And that relationship comes from being able to build boundaries, not just always giving a reward or a bribe. So yes, use food and continue to use food, but don't be afraid to say no and pull that reward away. And you might also then push the boundary a little bit and say, okay, the sit command, now we're going to add some duration to it. So the command isn't sit. In fact, as soon as you can, I wouldn't make the command sit and then get a reward and pop up and get a reward. It would be sit and then wait for the release command. See how you're adding two commands there? You're saying sit, and then the, the, the sit actually isn't sit and do a cool trick. It's sit and hold it until I ask you to stop. And by doing that, you're starting to make it functional. It's down, and then I want you to stay in it down until I ask you to get back up. Okay, so that's actually two commands, but you're making the sit or the down command functional so you can use it, actually. It's not a trick anymore. It's not like, look what my dog can do. Oh, they popped up, and they're off, and they're doing their own thing. It's... We have focus, we're, we're a team, we're working together. The other thing you might do with a healer is start working on a heel, <laughs> Because then you have a command that they're like, okay, I can get food by staying right here and focused on you. And uh, I don't know, I suppose there's a podcast about that. Um, I haven't looked through them recently. But I know in our puppy training program at, at cornerstonepuppy.com, um, we walk through the Hill command quite a bit. And then in the book as well. And I think at least right now, at the time that this is going out, I think you can get the book for free plus shipping at cornerstonepuppy.com forward slash info. So if you haven't gotten the book, then get the book. That's at least a good starting point. The videos, of course, are always really, really nice. And that whole training program um, is good. And the the book price is probably going to be changing soon as um, we just transition into another phase of of training and the product and what we're offering. But so get that quick. Um, Hopefully it's still available at, I know it is at that website right now, but the book will really, really help out and give you kind of some direction to kind of clear that ditch and make it so that there's a direction for the water to go. But working on their mind like this, and you've got a dog that's willing to do that, you're going to spend a lot of time with a puppy. And then it's just going to be really, really awesome with your dog. Having a healer is a different kind of different kind of world and yet if you're wanting if you really enjoy that training part of it then you go for it and you give them mental workout that mental workout often comes not just in teaching of a command but then starting and this is probably premature for this a little bit but teaching distance duration and distractions and and to hold and be composed through those distractions as well so there's a lot to do there um But use a long line so that it's like, oh, no, that doesn't work. Uh, And you just have to keep coming with me. And you can say good. And you just start to build all of those things in. It sounds like you've got a great situation going. Uh, I'm looking through my notes right now to see, you know, you can continue to push them to figure out more. And uh, right now where your puppy still kind of follows along with you, that's great. Just keep it up and enjoy it. And uh, don't be afraid to ask questions. A lot of times on our Instagram, We've been doing it weekly. I think it might switch to monthly here just because we're getting busy with other things. But on Instagram, on Cornerstone Dog Training Instagram, um, we do question and answer and we can kind of take those questions as they come. We do a live right now once every week um, or every month and you can get on those lives and ask any questions or send questions in and we'll answer them on the live and just give you more options to get your questions answered. Um, yeah, I think that's probably... I think I've rambled on long enough. Uh, lots of things to work there. So just to kind of rehash that just real quick. Um, yes and mark the things that you want. Um, no and remove the reward for things you don't. And sometimes you might use a little <clears throat> move on or use a little leash pressure with that. It helps to have your puppy on a leash so you can say help. Oh, no, and I think you've probably listened enough to say, you know, you don't want to pull a tight leash, but you just want to kind of flick like, hey, come on. Um, and you may not say that because you're working on the come, but you're going to teach the yes marker, teach the no, and, uh, use a long line, continue to play your puppy's game. Maybe not always reward one for one. If you can get more for, uh, if you can start to bundle commands like that and definitely teach a release command. So that's how you teach your dog to hold still until you ask them to do something and it is a game changer. It's such, it's so big. Most people that come to us are just like, my dog's so crazy. My dog's so anxious. My dog's aggressive. My dog has anxiety. All of these things are because they don't know how to hold still. And that's kind of a foundation to all of them. So start teaching that now more than anything. Teach that release word and just add it to everything. And then teach focus because focus kills chaos. And so you probably have a hyper-focused puppy. Hillers usually are. Um, we just need that focus to just continue to be on us and you set the boundaries, you set the rules, and that's what makes you the leader. So keep it up and just keep working, keep moving forward. You're, you're going to do great. You're asking the right questions, but as you, um, as a dog starts to train you, that's the step is just to say, oh, no, that's not going to work. You, 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 you're, you're, they're trying to figure out the, the rules of the game and if, They're offering up, like, what about this? Will this work? And we say, yeah, that's cute. I'll accept it. Then they'll keep doing it. If we say, you know what? No, it doesn't work. You have to do it just this way. They will figure it out and they'll continue to move forward. But you have to be able to tell them no or wrong. You have to be able to have that negative marker so that you can say, that's not what I want. And then they're like, oh. So if you remove that reward after a while, they'll just say, you'll say the word no and they'll be like, okay, I'll try something else because they know that they're not getting their reward. So negative markers, huge on this. And just have a lot of fun with your puppy. I love the question. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, I know I sometimes kind of ramble on this, but I just love talking about these situations and I'm not really, um, I, I make some notes sometimes, but I don't ever really cookie cutter. Like this is exactly step one, step two, step three. Um, maybe I'll get better at that. Just I just think about how I would do it and if I were teaching it and i would working with that pup that's exactly the direction I would go. So watching a video of it is super helpful. Um, If that's the option and direction you want to go, go to cornerstonepuppy.com and go ahead and get the training program there and you'll have video to help throughout that process. Otherwise, feel free to keep asking questions, I'd just love to help any way I can um, and help you have the dog of your dreams build that foundation and have the dog you've always wanted. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.